0: when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's I.com. So there it is, folks. Quit your jobs.
1: Quit your jobs.
0: That's what we're getting at.
1: Build a hut in, in Hawaii.
2: And find your island.
1: Sell your wares. That's my dream. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Hello. Welcome back to Shit They Don't Tell You. I'm Nikki Limo.
2: They call me the Woo King.
1: Is that what they call you now? That's the new one. Because you're always like, woohoo! Yeah! That's woo! not why. That's not why. You are. You do seem like a woo king.
2: The people who know, you're that they guy. Know. Crypto Corner on Patreon, on YouTube, they call me the woo king.
1: Are you going to elaborate or no?
2: Well, um, you know, there's a particular coin that I got a lot of my uh, Patreon um, crypto corners into. And it has been exploding a bit. Uh, so everyone's been calling me the Wu King, that's all.
1: Okay, well, and if you have no idea what Steve is talking about, but you're interested, you're maybe into crypto, but you don't quite know what to do, you can head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash sticky, S-T-I-K-K-I. Um, he does a live stream every week, it's right? Like, Sometimes like multiple times. Long. Yeah, yeah answers everyone's times. questions. It's awesome, but it also ties into what our topic is today, mm. which by the way, bear with me. We're doing something new because At I last. have a couple ideas of what I want to talk about, but I don't really have like, I don't really have like a solid, like this is the topic. Gotcha. There have been a couple concepts that I read a lot of books. You guys follow me. You know that I, I like books. I like books. I'm uh yeah, I'm a nerd, but only nonfiction books. Um, and there's a couple concepts that have been getting brought up in multiple books that I've been reading and I've heard of these concepts before like i they've been uh, brought up in other books but because of the frequency that they're they're getting shown to me I'm like maybe I need to talk about this and also it got brought up in conversation the other day when I was talking to Tiff Tiff or my friend Tiff Del Real came over from JK mm-hmm. and um this topic got brought up again. So I was like, you know what? We're going to talk about it. And that is the concept of being a beginner. Oh. Okay. So when you're first getting into crypto, maybe you don't know what you're doing. Maybe you're a beginner, you <laughs> know? Was, do you was, remember those days? He
2: was such a simple lad. <laughs> and of course I do.
1: Yeah. So how it got brought up when she, when Tiff was over was, um, we were talking about candle making. I Because I had just, it was right after Mother's Day and I had just made candles for the mom's in my life and I'd given her a candle for mother's day and she was talking about how she always wanted to learn candle making and she never did and then she said there's a lot of things actually that I've wanted to learn but then I really don't know how yeah right and I was she's was like how do you just learn and I've gotten asked that question a lot on my vlog channel too cuz I like to vlog everything that I learn and I don't I don't know I'd never like had someone Face to face, directly asked me that question before, like, how do you learn? Um, I love learning, that's a fact. I have 10,000 hobbies because I just like learning new things. See, I don't, and I get really excited. I to don't learn new things, I don't
2: get excited to learn new things, I get excited to learn things that I'm interested in, mm-hmm. then I go nuts.
1: Well, yeah, it starts with an interest, okay, okay. for sure. Cool. It's just that I don't have just a select few interests. Like, I'm seriously interested in so many things that I've actually gotten mad at myself for like, being so interested in everything because I wish that I could just focus on like three things. You yeah, know, and I,
2: and I think our honestly, I think our education system set up in a way that makes people scared of learning because yes. they got forced to learn so much shit they didn't want to learn about or didn't care about. Yeah,
1: and then they didn't get caught. This shit and they don't, they don't remember, tell you. And they don't
2: remember it even. So like, what did what, you learn?
1: Yeah, you don't get taught how to learn. And um, I think part, you also in our education system, get drilled into you not to fail, you oh, know? Yeah. And so it creates this fear of failure. Like you don't want to try anything that you haven't vigorously studied because you might fail at it. And I think it le- it scares people from, from trying where I feel the opposite way. And I think this is important and I wish that more people knew this concept of like embracing failure. We have a topic on that. I think there's one about failure and just like how you can yeah. use failure as a tool yeah. to su- succeed. And I really believe that it's an important aspect of um, learning. And I can't wait to see what my first failure is because I enjoy also the problem-solving aspect of it. And Mark Manson, by the way, and we've had him on the show, but he's the author of Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Um, he actually w- posted about how happiness is not from a lack of problems, but it's actually from solving problems and then also from upgrading the type of problems I that you have. believe that. And that is so freaking true. Like, just... Constantly succeeding at everything doesn't bring you happiness. It's like when you have something and you're like, "Oh shit, I didn't anticipate that," and then you work through it and you know how to solve it, and then you know how to solve that problem going on forward, and that creates confidence and it creates this like this it's joy addicting. and it's, yeah, it's very addicting, yeah. and I feel like. I only really get to experience that at a high frequency when I'm a beginner at something. For sure. And it has to be something that I'm interested in, for sure. Um but yeah, I just wish <laughs> I wish I could stick to a couple few things. Um it started out with this conversation to oh so oh yeah, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. So when I first see something like the candle making, for example, I saw it on TikTok and I was like I like I want to do that. You know, that's how it always starts for me is I see something that I feel like is cool. And I'm like, I want to know how to do that or installing the chandeliers mm-hmm. or like, any, you know, where really anything where I'm like, wait, they can do that. I want to do it. It's that's just, what
2: happened to me when I built a Bitcoin miner with my brother. Yes. I was like, dude, I can fucking do it. And all the graphics cards and stuff were like constantly sold out. And anytime I went to a computer store with my brother, there were people there hunting for graphics cards. i like, hey, do you want to do a team? Do you want to do a team where we all mine together? And I'm like, fuck you guys, dude. I'm going to do this <laughs> shit myself. But, you know, yeah, it was super interesting, like troubleshooting it with Nate. Yeah. And like learning how to build it, getting it done, and then how to like cool it and all It's this like a puzzle. Shit. He's exactly right.
1: Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's like, or like anything, like where you, like a pet you take care of. I always refer to like inanimate objects as my pets too, like my plants in my um, hot tub because I have to maintenance them, but mm-hmm. they each have specific needs and like I enjoy learning about those needs. Or when I have a plant die now, I used, to just thought, I used to just think plants died on me, but now I'm like, oh shit, they each have like specific needs and now I thoroughly enjoy when a plant is having a problem and I fix the problem. So you
2: just turned a lot of people off on plants right now. Cause that just turned me off on plants big time. Aww. Knowing that if you have a bunch of plants, you got to figure out the different needs. Well, just like, start with one, that. start with one. Oh, fuck oh that. So that
1: leads into what I was going to say is that when I have an interest, I tend to go like from zero to a hundred, like balls to the wall. And I don't recommend that. So when you, when I have a new interest, what I used to do was I'm like, I want to do that. It looks like I can do that. I'm going to learn how, and then I just do it. And I'm relatively good off the jump. So then I just keep going, but I don't take the beginner classes. I would go straight to the intermediate Yeah. because I'm like, oh, I already know all the basics, you know, and that's not what you should do. What you should try to cultivate is a beginner's mindset, which is, I don't know anything, you know, teach me from the ground up. Cause then you once you know like the fundamentals and the basics, then you can actually excel. Cause what would happen is I would start at the intermediate, and then I couldn't excel past that or past advanced because I thought because I had never learned the basics, you know. And so I started with Dance Dance Revolution in high school. (laughs) I was addicted to Dance Dance Revolution, and I was pretty good at it just right off the bat. Um, with Great the, workout, the medium and the medium level. And then but when I go to advanced or anything past that, I could not finish the freaking well, song. Well, who can? Well, I can now, really? but what I had to do was I got the at home version yeah. and I was getting super frustrated because I couldn't advance. So I decided on a whim to just take the tutorial part. And I was like, this is going to be so dumb, Aww. so easy. I already know what to do. But what I found was I was my foot placement was off. The way that you for like a for the best possible foot placement you could have is to have them starting on the two side arrows. And I didn't know that. I thought you started in the middle. But from starting at the two side arrows, you have better access to the other arrows and you can hit them a lot faster. Mm. And you if you don't start there, you don't give yourself the opportunity to advance to better levels. Um but I didn't know that because I didn't start with the, fun- with the fundamentals. You know,
2: when Peyton Manning had his, his injury and he had to get surgery, he basically, is a famous story where he's like best quarterback in the NFL at the time. Like, you know what I mean? Everyone's like, holy shit, Peyton Manning went down, but he'll be back and all that stuff. Um, he throws a pass for the first time, like under cover of night, like in a very secret place, right? Yeah. And they said the ball he threw it and it was like his arm was like a noodle and it barely even like went five feet in front of him. That's
1: so sad. And
2: they were like, He's fucked. It's oh, over. Shit. And he had to, like you said, fundamentally relearn the entire position yeah. of quarterback with his body from and ground the, up. The, t- the The little ticks, the movements that you do. This is one of the most famous people on the earth at, at playing the, the position. And he had to relearn it from the ground up. Be humble. Mm-hmm. Go back to the fundamentals. Learn it all the way up. Instead of starting, you know, I'm Peyton Manning. I'm the fucking best quarterback.
1: Yeah, see, imagine if you approached it from like, what? I don't need that. I'm no. already an expert. So we'll actually tie, tie into that later because I'm going to talk about how ego plays into this. But first, I wanted to go over this concept that is in the most recent book that I'm reading, um, which is called The Mental Game of Poker. So I started getting this really... the new game you're obsessed with. Yeah, the newest, the newest, most interested thing that I'm into right now is uh, poker. And I've played poker for a long time, but never seriously. And then recently, I'd say within the past three to six months I've just been playing nonstop and Steve got me a poker set for our anniversary and I just started getting into like actual serious strategies and then Joe Jizakawa shout out recommended this book mental game of poker but this book is great because not only is it about poker but it's also (coughs) about concepts that can be applied to life and then any really any skill or hobby or or anything you want to get better at Um, because it's about the psychological aspects of it. And he starts with these chapters about the adult learning model. Have you heard of this? No. ALM. Um, we probably have, but maybe not the title. I didn't think I did either until I actually read it, what it was. It sounds like a cryptocurrency. Um, <laughs> but it's so important that he puts it in the first few chapters and says that you, once you get past these first few chapters, you can skip ahead and just go to the the troubleshooting the your weaknesses and your like, areas that you needed improvement on but you cannot skip these first few chapters and these first few chapters are about the structure of it the fundamentals the basics of just how to get your mental game straight because you could be so good at poker or like an advanced level at poker but you can't advance further you can't become expert level because you never started with the basics of getting your mental straight mm. right and so the adult learning model is four levels The first level is unconscious incompetence. You've heard of this, have you heard of this? Fuck no. Okay, the first level is unconscious incompetence. The second level is conscious incompetence. The third level is conscious competence. And the fourth level is unconscious competence. Okay, so I'm gonna go over that. The first level, unconscious incompetence, is when you don't even know what you don't know. So like you're blind to any of the ways that you lack skill, which isn't necessarily good or bad, you know, so for some people, ignorance is bliss, right? Level two is when you're consciously incompetent. So now you're conscious of what you don't know. Right. You, uh, it doesn't make you skilled because you don't know it yet. It just means you know what skills you need in order to improve. Um, becoming conscious happens from either your own insight or insight that's shared with you by, some, by someone else. Um, oh, by the way, this book, I don't know if I said this mental game of poker by Jared Tendler. Hmm. Um, level three. He didn't come up with this learning model, though. <laughs> I just so want to, to make sure that he is like it. Credited you give right.
2: it and you yeah. took it away.
1: Okay. Level three is conscious competence. So if you've reached this level, then it means you've done some work. Um, you have had enough repetition to gain some skill. The only catch is that in order to be skilled, you need to think about what you learn. So while you're doing it, you have to think about every little thing while you're doing it. You know what you're doing, but you have to be very conscious about it while you're doing it. And then the last level is unconscious competence. So at this level, you've learned something so well that it's now totally automatic and it requires no thinking. Improv baby. Exactly. 10 years. Unconscious competence is the holy grail of learning and by far the most important concept in the entire book or any skill. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, then he gives the example of, you know, driving. So learning to drive a car when you're a kid, you barely even knew what a car was. You know, you're like, oh yeah, my parents take me in it to go places. You don't know what you don't know. You don't even, you're not even thinking about learning to drive a car. You're just, there's a car. Mm -hmm. The second level is like, okay, you're a teenager now and you know you want to drive a car, but you don't even know where to begin. You like, you're aware that you don't know how to drive this car, but you want to, but you don't, but you don't know how. Then you get to driving, learning to drive the car, and now you can drive, but you have to think about every little thing, your rearview mirrors, you have to think about, um, you know, shit changing lanes, checking, putting your blinker on, parallel parking, being aware of other drivers, you know, all of that that goes into driving, and then after a few years, you're not even thinking about it anymore, you just, it's automatic, Mm -hmm. right? You get, sometimes you get home and you're like, how the fuck did I get home? I don't even remember. Right. <laughs> We're going home. That's um, what scares
2: me about you driving.
1: <laughs> you get that way too. I, Everybody well, gets that way. But when you like are thinking.
2: What's great about that is um, I still don't feel that I've mastered it even then. Driving? No. just well, you the, haven't. The unconscious. No, no you fuck you. You go the wrong way all the motherfuckers
1: Maybe you should master maps. <laughs> I love you.
2: I love you back. But no, but the, that's the... Um, when i'm interested in it. Yeah. It never goes away. Like i always want to know more and learn more about it. Even though yeah. even though i've reached that point like with, with improv especially cuz i did it for so fucking long, it was like disturbing. Yeah. Um and then i did it on my YouTube channel for years and years. So and i do it on JK for years now. So it's just a constant part of my life is like listening Yes, ending, like the game, paying attention, writing, all that stuff is built into that. But I'm so interested still.
1: Well, you can be in the zone more often at this level and still have areas of improvement, you know, and it's just that when you do hit an error, you're like, whoa. It kind of jolts you out of it because you're like, wait, and then you know what to work on. So it's kind of exciting because you're like, oh, I don't get much to work on these days. You're just mostly practicing, right? Like you're constantly doing it. You're in the zone more often. You're um, you're just in the flow. You're like in flow state, right?
2: It's where I feel the most comfortable.
1: Yeah. And it's great. It's just that your weaknesses are like few, Mm -hmm. right? And then it happens with driving too. like driving a car there's still like going to be this rogue driver every now and then that you have to be a defensive driver about. And you're like, Oh shit. You're like that guy almost merged me or I almost merged into somebody or whatever. Um,
2: but if you're good, you make that guy look like a great driver. That's the key to improv that when I was a shitty improviser, I didn't know.
1: Yeah. You make it look like he, he's supposed to be an asshole driver. Exactly. He's great at it. (laughs) Great. He's doing real good. Yeah. And then, and then after you have like, while you're doing this process, um, it's just important to have a system where, and you talked about this with the writing episode, uh, where you start with a preparation, where you always have like a way to put yourself in a certain mindset. A ritual. A ritual. Something that you do, a song that you listen to, mm-hmm. a, a, maybe a, a sentence you say to yourself, like maybe something, both. something that puts you in that mindset. Then you have the performance stage where you do the thing and you just like are completely in it doing the thing. After that is when you get the results of that performance and you evaluate the results. Mm-hmm. You do not try to evaluate the results while you're in the performance stage, which is what a lot of people do is like when they're trying to work on something is like they're trying to very consciously evaluate whether you're doing a good job at that thing. Yes. But that makes you do a worse job. Right. At that thing. So right. you, when you're in performance mode, you should just be performing. That's great. Then you evaluate all the results, and then you analyze what your weaknesses are and what areas of improvement, and then you just try to work on those. And then you do it all over again. And then repetition, 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 and then that's how you eventually get into the unconscious competence state. So I just felt like this is something we all should have learned in school before learning in school. Like, right? Like, why don't we learn how to learn?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's really just they tell you what you're supposed to think a lot unfortunately yeah and not how to learn like how to how to critically think they or tell you of. what
1: to do but not why to do it right and and how to maintain it
2: yeah and my best teachers could always explain up down left right like backwards and forwards on whatever the topic was yeah and that was always very they made it more interesting they made it like more dimensional instead of it just being flat
1: my best teachers told me why i think i really since i was a kid i needed to know why doing something a certain way why this doesn't work but this does why we do it this this particular way and sometimes when you ask why too much people feel interrogated but i'm it, i genuinely need to just know that missing piece of information so i know oh okay this is why we do this and then i know each time like why that happened and that way if something breaks down i can go like backstep and be like, well, that shouldn't happen if this happened, and then I can find the error that way.
2: But I have to say, you sound a little bit like a computer when you say it like this, right? Uh And what I want to help you do is help people who are listening to this understand that you are one of us as well, (laughs) (laughs) and that you... You, you you two have, like, your moments where you're like, oh, I'm frustrated. I can't learn Oh, this. like, it's
1: so frustrating. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, need, I need to hear a little bit of that, too. Thank you.
1: Oh, okay. Well, I try to vlog that stuff. Yeah, you do. Because I... I and I really... Tr- I don't practice before I vlog anything. Like, when I'm learning something new. Like, I want any mistakes to be shown and then talked about. And I feel like I do that in life, too. You know, like, we do have fights in our relationship and then we talk about them yep. or like how we got through them. Like I like the process and I wish that there were more people showing the errors and how they got through them in real time so that it, it doesn't feel like, Oh, just everyone knows what the fuck they're doing except for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I really hope that, 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 that you, you get <coughs> the, that from this. That makes sense. Um, so what was the question? Did you have a question?
2: Uh, no, just, yeah, I just wanted you to, to remind everyone that you're not just solve person person. Oh,
1: yeah. No, yeah. no, no. It's not like the solving comes easily. Right. Like the solving could take days, but it's really rewarding when the solve, when it's been solved. And I feel it's like in math was always my favorite subject in school. I know it's like not everyone's favorite subject. You just lost. uh, No, I'm so sorry. Just turned it off. I'm so sorry. But it wasn't because I liked math. I didn't really like math that much. It was just that I felt like a genius when I got finally figured out how the uh, formula worked, you know. And then like once I knew how the formula worked and I got it right a few times, it made me really excited to continue solving more problems, because it's like, oh, now I know and it's like light bulbs went off and that's exactly how i feel like when learning any new skill is like i'm like wait i learned it i researched it i watched a bunch of videos on it i read a bunch of tutorials mm-hmm. like i sh- like but then when i'm applying it now it's not working and like it's frustrating but then once it gets solved it's like oh that's why and then i just want to keep doing that thing over and over again that problem it's like when in mario like in Super Mario where you can't beat a level and you're like, this is the hardest fucking level I've ever okay, been on. Now I'm back. Okay. You're back, right? Got it. And you're like, you can't get past this ghost. Like there's, you can't you, get past you, it. Well,
2: if you turn around, it comes right at then you. Then you
1: felt, you solve the problem and you, I you gotta just jump like, over you him. lure him to a, a level where you can jump over him yep. or you lure him away from where you need to go. And then you keep wanting to beat that fucking ghost. Cause you're like, oh, I know how to, I know how to solve you now. No, I want
2: to get the I fuck out of that to. level. I that level. I hate that level. But yeah, but
1: you're going to get more ghosts. But now no, you I, know.
2: I don't want more ghosts. I, I don't want, want. But there's, all, to go to the there's always
1: going to be more I wanna ghosts. I want to go to the water level. You're going to have fish then. And I fucking hate those I fish. I hate those fish. Yeah. yeah.
2: But they're not the ghosts. At least I can turn around for a little exactly. bit. Exactly.
1: So the fish have a different way you have to solve that problem.
2: I don't know about that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, but yeah. So so what I'm trying to say is when you are a beginner or you're in this mindset, what it really helps to do is um, kill your ego too and this is where i was like well these are kind of two separate separate topics but they tie into each other because continuously being not an expert at something automatically adds humility Um, it makes you embrace failure and it makes you temper your ego because you can't really have an ego and continue to learn if you already think you're the best at something you can't get better and if you think you're the worst at something, you don't even want to try. And both of those things are ego. Both.
2: I envy those people, though, who are so secure with something that they're like, I got this mm-hmm. every time. Like, I never do that. I might sound like I am like that, but I You
1: do that with directions.
2: Fucking A. But, but you know what I mean? Like, it, I, I envy yeah. the kind of delusional person who's like, I got literally all of this covered.
1: Yeah, so that's that was that level one that I was talking about where you don't know what you even don't know. And some people thrive because ignorance is bliss. Right. It's like, cool, that guy gets to think he's the best all the time. Fucking <laughs> A. Well, I mean, he doesn't know that he sucks. So that's, I don't know. I'd rather have that too. For sure. Sometimes. But I don't know. Since I can't have that, I have to be a lifelong learner instead i think lifelong learning is something that everyone should have because it it really is so fun and it it keeps you out of you know a lot of adults sorry to use the hard a word but they just like get so monotonous and negative and bitter and that's when they get angry all the time Mm -hmm. and it's always i find it Very frequently in highly intelligent people like academics, like people that they're just angry and depressed all the time because they in their heads, a lot of them have just determined that they're experts because they're experts in one field. They're experts at everything and they must be smart at everything. And so they're no longer open to being a student or to not knowing, yeah, you know, or to admitting that they don't know. And
2: Dude, I love that Neil Tyson. I really do. But if you listen to him on any show, it is so frustrating because he doesn't let anybody fucking talk. Oh. And he just keeps on going. And you're like, bro, just, it's okay. We got it. You're the smartest dude here. No question, <laughs> yeah, dude. But yeah. just chill a little bit. Just chill a little bit.
1: I haven't seen him on very many shows. Dude, when he's for... on
2: with Rogan, it's like brutal. Like oh. Rogan can't even get a word in. And sometimes you see Rogan going like... Uh, and he's just like like he even like does these like things with his face where he's like fucking a yeah and like but neil tyson isn't used to anybody being there who doesn't want to just hear him go on and on and on and yeah it's just very funny
1: yeah exactly and so a lot of people go through life like that where they reach a certain age or they reach a certain level of education and they think okay well i know everything now like i'm and maybe they don't even consciously do that, but they approach situations as if they're the smartest person in the room, that they know everything. And, and it hinders them, actually, because you, you can't continue to progress if you always think you're the smartest right. or you always think you're good at everything or you know everything. Um, so it, I, I've also been reading this book called Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday, and he brings up this, con- this concept, which is basically the same concept, but he, his chapter is titled Become a Student, And just be become a student in every situation. And it's the same concept as beginner mindset. But um, the book is about stoicism. And I actually had Mm -hmm. a completely misunderstanding of what stoicism was. I thought it was about not feeling anything. Like just like being so in control of your emotions that you don't feel anything. But it's actually more about... Like being grateful when good things happen to you and then when bad things happen, like not making it part of your identity and knowing that it'll pass too. not making either one your identity, you know, not taking credit for all the good things and all every aspect of everything and not like becoming a victim of every bad thing that happens to you. Makes sense. Yeah, and I I thought it was a really good book. By the way, I recommend it to everybody as Ego is the Enemy. Um, How did
2: your ego uh, survive the book?
1: I loved it. It actually helped my poker game, I think. Really? Yeah, because poker, your ego just is constantly being tested. Um, Because
2: your strategy is being tested?
1: Yeah, you think like you're a pretty grounded person and then... uh, Some noob
2: comes in and wrecks your shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or
1: someone that won that shouldn't have won. Like They're talking mad shit and they really shouldn't have bet that hand they really should have folded. You had the better hand and they got so lucky on the last card and they ended up winning this huge pot and you're like, you, you just get really bad. You're Dude, like,
2: when you we had you Jess, played wrong and had, you won. We had Jess, our friends Jess and Tiff over yeah. And we were playing poker and I was wrecking Nikki and it was like absurd because...
1: When was that? That
2: was the first time, the first time we oh. were, yeah, I was wrecking that night mm. and then I never did it again, obviously, because I was total beginner's like bullshit. Yeah. um, But yeah, I was wrecking it and like because nikki's this new poker master it was just
1: <laughs> I, don't, I don't i am not a poker master well new poker master yeah. in
2: the home right yeah, like yeah. you're you were the, I love, the I love you were poker. the poker person in our home mm-hmm. um and so that was hilarious but then you you spanked me so hard after that i i, I shouldn't even talk
1: <laughs> well yeah it's it's hard well poker is also about like making adjustments based on who you're playing with assessing
2: your enemy exactly of course
1: exactly so Uh, We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, I want to explore this concept a little bit further.
2: What is the concept exactly?
1: The concept, well, there's a few. Yeah. (laughs) But mostly like your ego and ego death, and then also the neuroscience of creativity.
0: Oh, very nice setup. Okay, we'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie.
2: Thank you. God bless. Uh, huge shout out right now to Mark. Mark W. in Springfield, Connecticut.
1: Back to our podcast. Jenny Blake hey, Back to our podcast. In Tuscany, And Florida. back to our podcast. God bless you. Thank you. Steven.
2: Hugh- Thank you for supporting <laughs> the show.
1: And we're back. Welcome back. Okay. So I'm reading my book, Ego's Enemy. And now I'm on my book, The, the Poker book i can't remember what the name of it is because it's brand new
2: the rules of poker 10 rules of poker no 101 rules about poker no
1: i said it in the beginning six
2: thousand things i wish i knew about poker
1: it's i feel bad because i forget the mental game of poker i
2: play poker so i can poker
1: that would have been a better title you should write to jared
2: i'll i'll see if he's got that in the works
1: okay so i'm reading that book i'm reading ego is enemy um and i start watching youtube and this video pops up and i click on it And it's called the neuroscience of creativity. And I just thought that was a great title because they have a neuroscientist on there explaining how creativity works. And I was like, well, I have to know because I I like to know why I want to know why things are. Um, And so his name is Bo Lotto. I think that's how you pronounce his name Uh, in, in the video he says that we're always trying to reduce uncertainty as human beings. I took a bunch of notes and I don't know how I jumbled these are going to sound, but I'm here to here tra- we go. I'm here to try to you could translate.
2: represent for the blue collar folks out there. Yeah.
1: I'm not just going to read it off my phone, but I'm just going to like bring up some of the bullet points that I, that I was watching because I thought it was fascinating. And it also has a lot to do with ego. I feel like he doesn't explicitly say that in the video, but he uses other terms like limitations and beliefs and the knowing and being an expert, right? And a lot of that is ego oriented. (laughs) Um, So in this video, which I'll try to link if I Mark remind me to send you a link but he says we are always trying to reduce uncertainty as human beings like it's just been part of our evolution to reduce uncertainty it's how we survived and so we do this by recognizing patterns and then ingraining them into ourselves and Mm -hmm. we starting at a very young age you start recognizing patterns and then you ingrain them into yourselves and that's how we make assumptions and then assumptions is how we form beliefs yes and the beliefs become part of our identity.
2: I got moved too many times when I was a kid. Yes. So why make friends? That's why a lot of us are in therapy. We'll just go away.
1: Yes. Sounds like you could use a therapist.
2: Nah, I'm good. I got it.
1: We all built coping mechanisms based on these patterns assuming that they were going to continue that way and then they became beliefs and they become part of your identity.
2: They will prove me right. They will betray me. They will leave you. And they will leave me.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And so subconsciously, maybe you become a self-fulfilling prophecy and push them to leave you.
2: No, they suck. To keep the pattern up. No, I rock. They suck. (laughs) Okay,
1: got it, got it. So this is the basis of how all humans operate, which makes us really vulnerable to confirmation bias and then sometimes living a life that we don't like and not knowing how we got there. Um, When you develop the beginner mindset, uh, nothing interesting ever begins with knowing. It begins with not knowing. And if you really think about that, everything you've ever been interested in has begun with not knowing.
2: Yeah, but that's not why I'm interested in it.
1: Is it? I want to know every
2: fucking single thing there is.
1: But because you don't know. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But it begins with not knowing. Because if you knew everything about that thing, you wouldn't be that interested.
2: But that's not what makes it that sexy to me. Mm. I want it all.
1: But this is the mechanics, the neuroscience of what
2: makes it sexy to you.
1: Okay. So he says, except that you operate on assumptions. You just got to accept that. Identify what your assumptions are and then start to question those assumptions. And this is really difficult to do because to question assumptions means to question what you already believed to be true and maybe how you've shaped your identity. So you're questioning your entire identity basically as a human being. So the questioning that goes against everything our brains have evolved to do which is to reduce the uncertainty and we that's why we resist going to this place of uncertainty even if it may be a, a way better situation for us
2: i think nikki's a bitch
1: i, Are you I hung
2: out with nikki uh-huh. that was my entire world view i really believe nikki's a bitch and i like to follow all her posts and i make sure she knows i think she's a real real big time bitch big time bitch then I actually see her in real life, and she was really cool. And she took a picture with me. She was super nice, actually. Oh, this and is I, before. I'm questioning my worldview. No, 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 no. I'm talking oh. about it, like if that, then what? If like, oh, somebody I see. in this, like, somebody who has an entire thing about somebody uh-huh. that happens to us all the time. Oh, totally assumptions about. How us.
1: often, I mean, like, do we start? You start watching a TV show, and there's a character. You're like, I fucking hate this character, yes. and then by the end of the season, that's your favorite character. Exactly. Yeah.
2: Or you, or you're like, wow! I still hate this guy, and then you're watching that show called You, and you're like, man, I don't even know why I'm watching the show still. But let's let's go to the next episode. <laughs> hey,
1: I like you. No, I like
2: you too. But I'm like, why the fuck am I watching this? I don't even root into this guy. But I but I still want to watch this next episode here.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm like, what am I doing?
1: Got it. Yeah. So I felt with Game of Thrones for a while, but then I ended up falling deeply in love with all of them.
2: But how crazy is it that it takes three seasons to get? Into it Game really of does.
1: Er, like, it's a it, uh, it come at me, It's a long Guess time what? commitment. That's part
2: of my worldview now. Okay. You got to really <laughs> decide
1: you want to watch that show. Yeah. But then once you do, it's very great after three seasons.
2: Yeah, but then it sucks ass after seven seasons. Yeah, well,
1: we won't go there. Right. Okay, so back to creativity and the neuroscience behind creativity and this place of uncertainty. So we resist going to this place of uncertainty, but that is the exact pathway to creativity. And then creativity is where love and joy live. I love, I added that part because <laughs> I really do think that love and joy come from this creative flow of energy. Yeah. I mean, when you think of, want to get really like spiritual if you think of like god and like creation and like or even if that's not what your beliefs are but like the creation of nature and yeah. anything um it's all like got this love energy to it like this joy this vibe um destruction has the like
2: energy but no but this kind of energy is like what you know went into making i think that what you're pointing out about ego and, the, and creation yeah is part of the problem with modern day a lot of shit that i'm watching like game of thrones mm-hmm. like those guys couldn't get out of their own way they're like we're not going to give the audience what they want yeah we're going to give the audience some kind of diversion that they were never expecting and it's like no actually you built it up for me mm-hmm. to want this like and you're not and you're zagging at the last minute to try to trick me. Yeah. Instead of just giving us what we wanted this whole time,
1: I think that actually fits really well into a topic of the path of least resistance. But yeah, exactly. We that's a separate topic. But it's ego. But it's yes, all ego. it is.
2: It's ego. this thing like where Absolutely. everyone's got to wipe on everybody else and be like, yeah. hey, look, I'm doing look something so different. Look how genius I am. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing something that's genre breaking like, or whatever. Then
1: they won't know.
2: It's like what happened with new Star Wars, man. Star they're like, Wars. They're like, Oh yeah, you wanted that to happen. You were expecting that shit to happen. Nah, fuck you. You're not gonna get that. Yeah. Actually, Luke Skywalker was a drunk old man who peed himself. <laughs> it's like, great. <laughs> well, well, that sucks ass. Cool. Girl, you weren't expecting this, were you, asshole? Hey, we really uh, turned Star Wars on its own head. And it's like, yeah. no, dude, you actually just- You're like, right.
1: I wasn't expecting for you to ruin my childhood. Yeah, you, great. Well, you, know, cool. you took something
2: that we were excited to yeah, see, the loved. continuation of the story. And then you go, nah, he's a he's a drunk homeless man like who lives in the woods now and sucks on titty milk or whatever.
1: I didn't watch it, but now I don't need to. You really don't. Okay, um yeah, so this this whole thing of uh, resisting uncertainty makes us really susceptible to confirmation bias where your brain will look to confirm the information that you give it, so like once you've uh, formed these beliefs and these assumptions and all this stuff, then you're just your brain is naturally continually seeking ways to confirm that it's true, of course, yeah, um so. No one's immune to this. In fact, you may be even more susceptible to it with higher intelligence and higher status because that in itself becomes a confirmation bias. It's become part of your identity that you're more intelligent and I therefore always I agree with right. other intelligent people who agree with me. Yes. You see it in politics a lot. You also see a huge disdain for U-turns in politics where a politician might change their mind about something with new information, but then people are like, no, you already said.
2: That's a flip-flop.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he also explains the neuroscience behind creativity in the way that um, you can only move to the next logical step in small steps. Everybody, anybody, any person on this world can only move to the next logical step. And that's all you can do. Is, and that's how you get through life is moving to the next logical step. And this all comes down to our realm of possibility based on our personal history and the assumptions we formed in our personal realities So for people who are creative, it may look like they're connecting two wildly different things where you're like, how the fuck did they do that? Like they went from here to here. They made made a leap and it looks like magic, but it's actually not a giant leap. It just looks that way from the outside because for the creative person, it's a much smaller step in their world, but they may have deepened their realm of possibility because they may be very open-minded or have gotten really used to questioning their own assumptions. So there's a whole range of possibility for them and it goes much deeper. It's still only the next logical step, though, in their world. So it changes your whole reality traveling, learning about different cultures, expands your perception, deepens your realm of possibility and changes the complexity of your assumptions. Um, and really truth is just perception. Perception is based on assumptions and beliefs. And so you literally change your truth by by doing this kind of stuff and constantly questioning your assumptions. Uh, you have to be open-minded. You have to go against what feels like is protecting you. And knowing that we all succumb to confirmation bias, if we knew that our brain will automatically search for confirmation based off things we tell it, a way that I've found to use it to your advantage is to tell your brain nice things so it will seek confirmation for it. Um, so you'll start to see more of those things pop up and it can really transform a lot in your life. And it's a simple concept, but it's not easy if you're not used to it. So what you focus on uh, grows, right? This is just like a really simple exercise to to show what I'm talking about. Um, what you focus on crows? So f- just right now, take like 30 seconds and look around the room for anything and everything blue. Okay. Okay. I'll let you do that. Maybe not 30 seconds. I got it. So already. It's like a long time. i done. Okay. Everything blue. You got yep. it. Yep. Okay. Now close your eyes. How many things in the room were red?
2: Fucking nothing. Everything's blue. <laughs> I'm looking for blue.
1: Okay. Now open your eyes
2: those shit they don't tell you poster
1: immediately and that's it yeah
2: that's basically it there's no red in here
1: yeah there isn't there isn't very much red in here no. but for those of you at home maybe there's more red in your house and now you're seeing it um but you you can tell your brain what <coughs> to focus on so if you're only looking for blue you're only going to see blue of course and you, you miss all of the red i should have said yellow should have said tell me all the things that are yellow because there's more yellow in
2: you here. know what i'm saying there's a lot more. but
1: anyway life. that was my point and um yeah, changing... well, you just
2: made me feel insecure about my ability to look at colors, so thanks. thanks well, for you point.
1: actually should feel insecure about that because you get a lot of colors wrong and you say that you're not colorblind, I'm which not is colorblind. perfectly fl- fine to be colorblind. I don't. But look, you I just colors don't colors understand wrong. all the
2: color spectrums. Like, like this one's mauve. I'm like, fuck you. Just call it dark pink. Yeah. Fuck yourself.
1: Yeah, I mean, you have a hard time with like the ones, the, the colors that are similar. Yeah. Like, he calls red orange a lot and vice versa and or you'll call pink Orange. Everyone
2: does that though. Reds are or oranges a lot, and oranges are or reds a lot too. Yeah, they, it all
1: kind of is one color for Steve.
2: They're all bastards of the same color. <laughs> same drunk ass dad I mean, leaving them. In,
1: in that perspective, that everything's the same color.
2: Well, uh, the lack of light, you know, means everything is one color as well. Black. So, fuck you. And that's not even a color, apparently. But fuck well, that. That's like saying that, planet, that, that blue is not even a planet. Fuck you. That's what I say.
1: What's not a planet?
2: Pluto. They say Pluto's oh, not even a planet.
1: Sorry, I thought you said blue is not a plant.
2: No, they say Pluto's not Pluto's even. a Pluto's not a planet. Saying that black is not a color is like saying Pluto. Well, they Pluto brought it is back. They brought it back. They did not. They did. I did think they, they brought it
1: black. I think they brought it back.
2: Well, why isn't <laughs> black a color? Of course, black's a color. Fuck Unless you. the absence of color. Nah, fuck that
1: shit. Or maybe white is. I can't. I remember. like Pluto
2: and I like the color black.
1: Anyway, continuing on.
2: All right.
1: <laughs> this. Uh, so an example of how I use this uh, is changing my reaction to bills. I think I've talked about this before, but instead of looking at them with stress, like I used to, like it was in a never ending cycle of doom. Um, uh, I would go instead, I changed it so that every time I saw a bill, I would go, yes, I'm so thankful I have the money to pay for this. And I would, until I what genuinely meant it. Can't? No, I, I didn't, oh, I would I didn't actually have I the money to pay for one. it. Yeah. yeah. And then, but I don't know if it's subconscious or, I mean, obviously partially luck, but for some reason the money would always come somehow, like you know what, weirdly honestly, and unexpectedly.
2: Similarly, I did this before you and I got together. When I came to an empty apartment, I would open the door and I'd say, honey, I'm home.
1: <laughs> <laughs> See, you do it.
2: Yeah. but no, but yeah. It was, it was uh, very cathartic and it made me laugh a little bit. Because there was literally nobody. In it was there. kind of
1: de- a depression, a depressing yeah, it was like contrast. A yeah,
2: contrast like to funny make yourself laugh. Thing. Yeah, I have to laugh at things or else I'm done anyway. So yeah, I just found a way to laugh at it. Exactly. Yeah,
1: and then you ended up manifesting a honey that you come home to. Go figure. Go figure. So uh, yeah, I would say I'm so thankful I have the money to pay for this. Until the days that I actually did have the money to pay for it, which now continually confirm my beliefs that I am able to pay my bills no problem. Right. So when I get a bill, I I go cool. I have the money to pay for that. That's awesome. Right. And it changed, it changed my whole reality. Like, cause I'm, you don't have to carry that stress around that every time you see a bill that your life is stressful, mm. that you don't have enough, that you w- will constantly experience struggle. You just go, yay.
2: I got this until somehow. it is I'll a it out. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: And it may sound hokey to you, or it may sound like survivorship bias, which we covered in a different episode, but I saw it as I didn't have anything to lose by changing my mindset this way. Like, Mm -hmm. what did I have to lose? Just like feeling foolish, like feeling dumb for, for trying it. Like, who cares? Nobody was there. Nobody knew about it. And if the outcome was different, like, okay, I didn't, I didn't lose anything. I didn't have the money to pay for it anyway. So, and believing, I think telling my brain that I did have the money gave me the drive to find the resources to pay for it, to actually like make it true. Got it. Uh, and what if it went the other way, if I told my brain a different belief and things never changed, I like only risked like maybe feeling embarrassed to my own self. So, okay. The worst that could happen is I go, well, that didn't work out. Then I try a different way. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like, but it did work out and it continues to work out. And I just think that's so interesting. When I was watching this video, I was like, huh? Yeah. I really challenged my assumptions. I assumed that I would never have money to pay for my bills. And those formed beliefs and those that formed an identity of me being a person that doesn't have money. I was like, I'm just...
2: We know people like that. There
1: are people, there are haves and there are have-nots and yeah. I'm a have-not and that's my belief.
2: We know people like that.
1: Absolutely. And I wish that they would at least try to try it a different way because you really don't have anything to live. Just mentally. Yeah, just try it. Yeah. And, and try it without judgment, without feeling dumb, without just completely open-minded like I, I had the money. Yay. Yay. Yeah, I have it. it. Just works. to see what happens. Yeah. And it may... It will feel really weird at first. Right. Because you're not used to that. It goes against your entire evolution of your brain like he was talking about. But it's also just
2: a... It's a better attitude to be around, right? When yeah. you're with people and they're constantly negative about literally everything that's yeah. going on. That really doesn't attract a lot of other things.
1: They constantly attract negative things. Yeah. And I'm not going to deny that those negative things happen to them and come into their lives. But it's really weird that they are always... Talking about that, and then they continually attract those negative things.
2: Exactly, and
1: that That's which why. and that further confirms that it's, it further confirms their biases.
2: One of my favorite things that I did to cope with the death of my grandfather was um, I tell I like to tell the story that my grandfather rooted for the San Diego Chargers his whole life, and that they always let him down. And then when he's on his deathbed, they lost again and then he died (laughs) because like there they were again and they let him down and they killed him they killed him they put the man under and and he's dead because of the Chargers lost right Mm. and it's just it's not true yeah he died like when it was before the season started Mm -hmm. yeah i think they were like maybe in training camp or whatever but it was not that time of year but that just gives me these fuzzies that helps me deal with it because yeah. I watched him watch them lose so many times growing up. Like watching him watch them lose and being like, maybe next year. Just it just <laughs> it just tickles me. It gives me a little bit of like uh it reminds me of him, first of all. Yeah. It's like I'm hugging him in a way, remembering him and how I always watch him like his him get his heart broken by this fucking team. And uh and it just makes me laugh in a way that you know I could just look at his death and go. That was horrible and now like that impacted me in such a way and all that stuff I'll never get to see him again. But instead I, I look at that and I think about them letting him down one more time and it just makes it almost like a meme to me. It makes mm-hmm. it fun and funny for some reason in a dark way. Yeah. It just helps.
1: It helps with you coping with death. I have
2: to laugh at things or or I'm doomed. Yeah. So that's So just you just see my death
1: as not like this end all be all thing, like it's No, just how can like, I twist
2: it into yeah. the scene and make it funnier for me? That's right? great. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it reminds me of the honey I'm home thing. You know, yep. um, and this this also reminds me of that is a thing. That, uh, another thing that really deepened my gratitude is romanticizing your life, um, which is not about money or material items, but it's about like really loving the life that you have and really honing in on like the little things that bring genuine joy for me. Not comparing your life to other people, uh, just like falling in love with what you got. So like my, you know, the kitty purrs that wake me up in the morning, the smell of fresh coffee, freshly brushed teeth, like listening to a song I really love, eating foods that are really tasty and nourishing. It's like a, a constant appreciation for what you have and not getting wrapped up in this image of what other people think of your life. Mm-hmm. Like when you can romanticize your own life and like almost like you're watching the main character of a movie, like go through their life and like they, it's like, Like, oh, they get this. This is their little world. Like they get, like they wake up to these kitties and that they come down to this coffee. And like, you know, it helped me a lot in therapy to have that outsider perspective of like, what if, yeah, you were told that this was going to be your life. And I just became so much more conscious of like, wow, like I really like my life. This is, and, and I do that continually.
2: Makes you appreciate things.
1: Yeah. And it's not like there's never any struggle. There's so many obstacles and struggles and stuff, but it keeps you centered in this way that like, no matter what, I can weather that struggle because like, I love everything that's, that's in my life. And that's just part of the story. That's part of the movie is th- there's a conflict, you know?
2: I open my, I open my fridge and I'm like, oh, is there a monster in there? I'm like, yes.
1: <laughs> that's, I, that's your main character story? I crack story. It open, yeah. Yeah.
2: I go over to my- We
1: hear the fizz of the monster as he cracks I it open. I
2: fucking love it. I love how cold it is. Take that first sip, get that little-
1: he enters an office cluttered with other cans of similar nature. <laughs> then, empty monster cans. He
2: sits upon his battle station. And yes, I do call it a battle station, actually. You fucking do. He does. With
1: it. it's I weird. call my pewter pretty my weird. battle station. Yeah.
2: You know why? Because I have two fucking monitors now. All right. So I can track all kinds of shit. Mm. And then I check on all my, well, I collect all my staking rewards, check on all my shit. And that's my favorite part of my morning. That's great other than other than obviously and then you It's
1: a way different movie. It's so funny that we're living in two different movies. We are. But then cuz I'm like what what do I want to be now? I want to be a person that wakes up in satin pajamas. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no. I'm like I'm like, "Oh, I just bought that crypto. I should probably buy that hat too, huh?"
1: Yeah. That's yeah. that's the guy you are. Yeah,
2: fuck yeah, I'm not. You're guy. moving, you're evolving I love into
1: We're both evolving into a mom and dad of different you know like different stereotypes of a mom and a dad for sure but yeah i just started i started questioning my assumptions in my own life of like well you know all those things where you're like i wish i was more organized but i'm just a messy person you know i'm just a i started becoming more organized because i started being like why not like if other people can do it like I can learn how to do it. And it went back to that beginner's mindset of just like, give me the tools. What do these organized people do? What's their morning routine like? What are they like? How's their mindset like? And I just like kind of reverse engineered the way that they think and approach things. And then you start like slowly incorporating that. And it's true. When I was at the conscious level, conscious competence, I knew what to do, but I had to think about every little thing. It wasn't natural. Um, it eventually evolved into now. I actually think I'm a kind of an organized person. I wasn't not at all before. That was not my identity at all. Not Time even the will slightest. Tell,
2: we'll see. I'm watching. Okay. You. I'm watching. We'll you, see. Buddy. But
1: I think that before when I've ever tried to organize, I'm like, I thought it was just about buying bins and like having a place for everything, but then clutter would still stay out. But now I realize that it's actually more on the habits that you form and the repetition and the repetition and the repetition and, the repetition and making it part of your everyday life.
2: Do you know what? Something scary, Bart Kwan told me this morning. What? My friend my good friend Bart Kwan. So I was on the phone call with him. And he told me that he has a drawer for one item. And he has different drawers that just have one item. Oh yeah, he them.
1: told me that because he likes the aesthetic of just like this like clean emptiness. Like he'll have a closet with like five items on the whole rack because he just likes it to look like a like a couture store. You know, um, like when you yeah. open a drawer in a couture store and it has like a, a watch? Yes. Just one? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, he likes like that. And I get that. If you're a minimalist, like, fuck, like, yeah, that's perfect. I'm like,
2: just don't start killing mailmen and shit. <laughs> it just sounds so fucking creepy. It's so American Psycho. It's probably
1: a way of coping with some of his childhood stuff fuck. that he's been through of not having control over anything. I'm like, bro, you know, Um,
2: If the ice cream uh, man in the in the neighborhood goes missing, yeah, I wonder what happened. Well, no, yeah,
1: he also has a lot of guns. Watch out for that guy.
2: (laughs) He's
1: also the person I want to go to when there's an apocalypse. Oh, fuck yeah! In a second, (laughs) please protect us. In a second. Um. So anyway, yeah, I've been kind of living like this for a while. Over the years, like incorporating things like, huh, what else can I do that I thought I I wasn't that type of person? I thought that that could never be me. What else could I do? Like, if in my ideal world, like. What's the Nikki that I would want to be? And then I slowly started like figuring out what habits to form to get there. And it's really worked out. And it's really like all part of this confirmation bias and also like letting go of what I think I know and being open and being a beginner and like asking why and trying to learn and falling and getting back up and all of that stuff. Um, so I've been living like this for a while and romanticizing life, um, but I recently posted uh, a picture of our little patio with the inflatable hot tub. The freaking party out there, Fuck you know, with the light and everything. Who's on that shit? And the plants, and it's bringing me so much joy because it's like so silly. I never, I never thought we'd have an inflatable hot tub, but we do. But I love it. It's like actually so relaxing. I call it the Coleman. Most people were like, "Oh, no. but one person was like. Why are you guys so cheap? Why don't you buy a bigger house and it really threw me not I wasn't mad or anything I didn't take it personally but I was I had just not it had not entered my mind that someone would see a picture of that and be like ew why don't you buy something bigger where the fuck do they live And then also I was like wow if I really was the type of person that let others perceptions of what my life is determine like the image that I want to put out, which a lot of people do. Oh yeah, um, but you like that's all ego, you know. It's like you're buying things just to prove that you have a certain life.
2: But they think instead our, of doing it for you, they think our backyard sucks. I guess. I guess. Are you, are you guess. kidding me? They, they they have no idea. I mean, and
1: don't get me wrong. Like, if we had ten million dollars. I would be shopping for a, a two million dollar house. Our backyard or something would like that. be
2: the fucking same, though. I mean, yes, it would be bigger, in it would in scale. But it would have the jacuzzi, the same the elements, same elements, and yeah. the stupid fucking lights and all. All the and that's same the shit. point
1: is just honoring like the feeling that it brings you, not what the actual thing is. Yeah, like come on. I used to get this like as a treat, like a treat if I did if I did all my work and like I had a you know go, I had a productive week. I would go to the ninety nine cent store and I would pick out. A 99 cent nail polish. And that would be my treat for the month. Wow. Because I was so poor, but you still need a little treat, you know, to keep you going, like something to keep you going. And so it didn't matter that it was a 99 cent nail polish. It was a reward that I got that when I painted my nails and I looked at my nails throughout the day, it reminded me that I earned that. And it was like so exciting and empowering for me. It, It was empowering that like I didn't let money take a hold of how I felt about my self or how I, uh, how I felt about myself you shedded
2: the, the the hold that it had over you yeah, yeah exactly
1: the this this attachment to if i make x amount of money people need to know that's how much money i make and
2: by the way she still uses 99 nine cent nail polish to this day what do you
1: think of that <laughs> i use two dollar nail polish now do you actually yeah i've upgraded no, i use like t- it's gels they're ten dollars um, oh but they last a long time
2: you lost that little touch though huh
1: no, it still gives me the same amount of joy. <laughs> same amount of joy. I What's actually, your biggest
2: gripe about 99 cent nail polish? Go. It
1: chips too easily. Ah. And it's also made with toxic chemicals. Oh. Uh. Yeah. So if you're like eating with your fingers and then you have toxic. Oh no. Yeah. It's not great. Okay. No, not great. A little
2: trade off there. That's a little trade off. what little trade that.
1: But yeah, that was how I like found my way into it. So it's like, oh, now I'm a person that has painted nails. Yeah. Whereas I wasn't before. Right. I was just like, well, it made me feel a little bit better about myself and then it slowly started snowballing that way. But um yeah, we're coming to the end oh, here yeah. and this is it. Basically, I feel like beginner's mindset can make you more present and it can help you experience the world with more curiosity instead of coming at it with a bias, which will I think make you happier as a person in general. Um And you can do this with little things like tasting your food as if it was like the first time you've ever had that food. Mm -hmm. I think some of us, and I learned this in acting too, as my teacher was like, yeah, we get so used to our surroundings that we don't even look at things anymore. We just go, yeah, I know it's a tree over there. I know it's sky's blue. I know road. And you're not even looking at the things. You just know. You like know it all in your head. And you're like, I already know. And you're not tasting your food. You're fucking on your phone while you're eating because you already know what it tastes like. And to just experience things like you don't know, is so enriching to your life and deepen. I feel like deepens your perceptions. of So things. go
2: try the Taco Bell new item, is what you're telling me, and
1: taste it like you've never tasted it before.
2: But even though it's the naked chicken chalupa, but I have tasted that before. I have tasted that before. But you're saying to try like I had never even tasted. Yeah, it Yeah, taste time.
1: something that you you already know what it tastes like.
2: Yeah, but I already had it. I didn't like it. It was dry.
1: Then, you're an expert. No need to try.
2: Probably I'm going to the wrong Taco Bell, huh? Probably. Got to try the different Taco Bells. Then you're a
1: beginner Bell. there. Okay, yeah. I can be a
2: beginner there. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Thank you.
1: You're welcome. So I hope that helped. Um, I hope that maybe it opened up something for you. Um, if maybe you're feeling like you're in a rut or just in general you want to change, uh, try it out.
2: It reminds me of something that I was telling a friend several months ago they were not liking um, something that they were doing. And uh, they would focus on how much they didn't like it, right? Yeah. And I just asked them, well, what do you love about it? Because you've been doing it. Mm -hmm. What do you love about it? And they're like, well, I love this. And I was like, well, make that your little island that you swim to whenever you feel like Fuck this shit. Yeah. And just swim over there and go, this is why I love this place.
1: Yes. And And what you focus on grows. Yeah. Like the blue in the room.
2: Yeah. And if you just go there, instead of looking at all the shit you hate about it, that's your little safety spot that you can, can, the seed that you can grow the whole thing. Yeah.
1: And you'll continually find maybe more things that you like about it because you're already in this mode of like, oh, I like this. Yeah. Um, Whenever people ask us the question, sometimes when we answer questions on this podcast of, I I think I want to, I hate my job. I want to switch jobs, but I don't know if I can because I need the money or the stability or whatever. I always start with, well, is there anything you like about your job? Like, is there any Mm -hmm. aspect of it that you like, that you love, that you find joy in, that you're passionate about? Um, And if not, is there something that you could learn to like? Like that you could, is there something you could add that you do like? Is there something that you maybe could get into, but you haven't really explored it yet? If so, try that. And if no, the answer is no to both of those, then I would look for look into the option of quitting your job and finding something that you're truly passionate about. But only after those two options are explored.
2: So there it is, folks. Quit your jobs.
1: Quit your jobs.
2: That's what we're getting at.
1: Build a hut in, your jobs. in Hawaii.
2: And find your island.
1: Sell your wares. That's my dream. <laughs> thank you very much
2: thank you very much okay that's all we got for you today folks we hope to see you next time please if you like the show like us on on the various apps that you're listening it helps a lot give us the five stars can
1: like you on an app you can give five star ratings on itunes or you can like us on youtube helps a lot yeah
2: go to the youtube leave a comment
1: but tell your friends
2: that helps a lot helps
1: and uh go to our patreon patreon patreon.com sticky no pressure But we will see you next time regardless. Bye-bye. Bye.
0: Today's episode is brought to you by Angie.